This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. Welcome to the Rerooted Podcast with Francesca Maxime, trauma-sensitive mindfulness meditation teacher and poet. Together, we'll take a closer look at approaches to transforming trauma with insights from psychology, neuroscience, spirituality, social justice, and the creative arts. Join Francesca and her guests for an exploration of our shared connection and how we can cultivate greater compassion for ourselves and for others. If you'd like to support Francesca and the Rerooted Podcast, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com forward slash Francesca. Hi, everyone. I'm Francesca Maxime, and welcome to this edition of the Rerooted Podcast here on Ram Dass's Be Here Now Network. It is December 15th, 2021, and I am recording the last podcast of this calendar year uh, at this time, and I have a very special guest today. Uh, Sandor Ironrope, president of the Native American Church of South Dakota, and he is also a board member of the Indigenous Peyote Conservation Initiative. Before I get into things with uh, Sandor, uh, we're going to be talking about peyote. I wanted to let you know that I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break from recording episodes of Rerooted in 2022, and I will certainly let you know when I'm going to come back, but I think that we all need a certain sense of refreshing at a certain point, and um, I am needing to do that and invite you to do the same if you feel like you also need to rest and kind of reroot, if you will, into your own essential self. Again, my pronouns are she, her, we, our, ours, and I am here on Unkachag land in Long Island, New York. And again, back to Sandor Iron Rope, our special guest today. We're going to be talking about peyote and the ways in which uh, cultural preservation is uh, one of the main considerations that we need to uh, continue to keep top of mind as we integrate potentially uh, this very long-standing and respected plant medicine. Welcome, Sandor. Thank you so much for joining us on Rerooted. Thank you, Francesca. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, coming to you all from uh, Lakota Territory, the Black Hills of South Dakota, Western South Dakota. Um, and um, it's about uh, 35 degrees out here, snow on the ground. Uh, looking forward to some uh, holiday cheer. But in the midst of that, um, wanting to uh, share a little bit about, you know, our sacred medicine. Yes. Thank you so much. I, you know, I heard you uh, speaking at, I believe it was a Harvard Divinity School uh, conference and conversation about plant medicine and uh, really the the conversation uh, focused around how to use it wisely and also how to guard against the exploitation of um, 
the ways in which uh, this plant medicine has been used in the past, because we know, uh, as you were speaking of off camera earlier, and I'll let you uh, really sort of delve into it more with Pope Nicholas, the doctrine of discovery, manifest destiny, indigenous genocide, uh, all of these levels of exploitation and extraction that included chattel slavery also on top of that, that there has been a continued, uh, in, you know, residential schools, that there has been a continued uh, movement toward what I see is an extraction and an exploitation without a reverence and a respect, um, whether that's treaties that were broken or other agreements that were walked back. And so how can we in 2021 uh, use our awareness of the wrongness, the, the not in balance-ness of any of that attitude, philosophy, behavior, you know, system uh, to not repeat uh, the sins of the past and the present by inviting in your wisdom from the people who are the carriers of this lineage uh, into the equation so that it's not exploited any further. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> I think um, every generation has a responsibility. Every generation has a responsibility um, to be aware, self-awareness, awareness, um, mindfulness, um, know your history and know who you are, know where you come from, know your spirit um, is, is a part of our teaching. And with that, you know, my my folks, my dad served uh, in the Korean conflict, um, born in 1928. Um, my uncle was in World War II. My brother was in the Persian Gulf. You know, indigenous people have contributed to the United States of America immensely but yet um, have fought every step of the way for equal rights, um, you know, Indian policy. You know, we were, we became citizens in, in around 1924, um, the Indian Civilization Act, you know, and, and my, 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 my dad's dad was born in 1888. Um, and so there's only a few generations, you know, I'm the last of eight children here. Um, but what our parents have taught is, is responsibility in culture, uh, which leads over towards responsibility as a family member, as a community member, as uh, a member at large, you know. So our worldview is a naturalistic worldview, but it's also a family worldview and like everybody else. And it carries over to who we are, our medicines, our ceremonies, and who who we are today, you know, when you look at indigenous people, you really have to look at Indian policy and how that has come, you know, in the 1830s of Worcester versus the state of Georgia, you know, establishing uh, sovereignty, a nation to nation relationship, you know, and then, and then coming today, we are still trying to operate in a sovereign manner, yet we're, we technically are quasi sovereign. You know, indigenous tribes are dependent upon federal government, federal funding. You know, um, I think that the Shakopee, Midiwakanton, uh, Dakota Nation is probably the one that is pretty close to being truly sovereign. You know, creating revenue and helping various organizations and tribes throughout the country. But when we get towards our medicine here, there's a long history with our medicine and our culture. And so outlawing indigenous ways and practices has been a government 
um, movement since Indian Removal Act. You know, we've been removed, displaced. We've been a problem all of our life. And, I, and I'm speaking as a full-blooded Lakota, you know, um, remembering um, our history is, is not a pleasant thing. And the onset of uh, cultural genocide, uh, attempt at uh, annihilating a culture, sterilizing our women, um, you know, every movement, you know, and there was bounties on our head at one time, you know, and these are real, real issues. You know, I'm not reliving the past or carrying it with me, but what I'm saying is that, you know, really being aware of how America has come to be United States of America. Are we united? Are we supposed to be united? And if that's the case, you have a country fleeing Great Britain for religious freedom, yet in that practice has suppressed the people that have been inhabiting, you know, the United States of America. Right. And so, you know, when you understand a little bit of Indian policy, Indian history, you can understand a little bit of our, our perspective on, on things. And certainly peyote has, has uh, you know, helped us immensely in our quest for healing because every indigenous community is, is healing. With the world is healing. The world wants healing. We all want healing. Right. But in, in, in the quest for healing, be aware of what we are actually doing. Are we manipulating things to be the colonizer in, in such a way that I see something and I want it and it's going to be mine without actually realizing that certain plants are biocultural in nature. Certain plants come with a, a culture. These cultures have been inhabiting that geographical area for quite some time. They are aware of the plant life and nature around them. And they have some knowledge about what those plants can do. But with this uh, movement, this quote unquote psychedelic movement or renaissance, you know, we are living in a fast paced time. You know, yesterday was a blink of an eye. You know, five years ago is, is a blink of an eye. You know, I woke up four days ago, I was 28. Today, I'm 51. Fast time. Right. And so that fast time is like, I want this now. I want it yesterday. And the same, the same thing with these plant medicines. People want healing. They want it right away. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not a new revelation. You know, uh, decrim nature. You know, I'm not talking about the organization. I'm talking about nature in general. Yeah, nature has been criminalized. You know, the Controlled Substance Act, criminalizing, you know, psychedelic, quote-unquote, psychedelics or hallucinogenics that they would call, you know, the psychoactive substance in peyote mescaline. So we have these policy issues surrounding us as indigenous people, suppressing us, not allowing us to practice our way of life. If anybody could remember December 29, 1890, was Wounded Knee, the Wounded Knee Massacre. Um, my mom's side is Minikoju, planters by the stream. And, and we are descendants and survivors of Wounded Knee. Yeah. But the 7th Cavalry suppressing us. Why? Because there was an uprising of a, a movement called the Ghost Dance. And giving the people hope. You know, you, you imagine, you know, 
your children being sent to Carlisle, the industrial school in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, all your children being eradicated from their homes, hairs cut, their hair cut, the language that they know, um, you know, smashed out, stamped out with English. And so we have a, a, a time period where, where we are in dire straits. And because of this uh, unified, you know, movement to educate us, civilize us as indigenous people, we come across different tribes and we share different things. And certainly this medicine was uh, also shared during those times of suppression and need and dire straits. Our peyote medicine, you know, we, my grandparents have used it in later, latter part, docu documented latter part of 1800s, you know. And so this peyote has been in the family for quite some time. And we can say that about a lot of indigenous tribes and families. They have been using this medicine for quite some time. So now the suppression of people, indigenous, indigenous families and tribes, here the Indian Reorganization Act comes in in 1934. Now we can be a government system under a similar government system like the United States. It's not our tribal government system. Right. It's a Western organizational system that sometimes is not really beneficial for us because it leaves out the minority. Majority rules. Minority does not. And in many cases, our, our people's voice gets shunned, stepped out, not really heard. That, that system, um, it becomes a position of uh, power and control. And so our traditional system has existed. And I feel that we really need to go back to a different organizational system. But, you know, 1930s, we come up and then we still are being suppressed. Um, now we are established on reservations. We are on reservations, um, rounding up all the indigenous folks, putting them on reservations. And then, and then the Catholic missionary schools come into our reservations. You know, they were a part of the civilization movement in conjunction with the government. To civilize us. So now we have missionaries on the reservations. Um, so a lot of people going to boarding schools, residential schools, educating us. And a lot of lot of atrocities have happened there. You know, right. it's not a pretty it's not a pretty picture. And then in the name of God, mind you, in the name Thanks. of God, in the name of God, where do we are doing this? You know, I don't know what God, but you know, we have come a long ways. And in, the, in that time period, we are struggling to maintain our spirituality. And this peyote medicine is amongst us. But everything is underground. Our ceremonies are underground. Our traditional ceremonies are underground. If the BIA agent sees a fire, a fire is an indicator of something is happening. A gathering is happening. Things were being pushed underground, and literally in our peyote ceremonies and around this part, we the grandmas and grandpas would dig a uh, dig a half moon hole, a half hole, mm. and they would place the fire in there. So when you're looking, you know, across the landscape, you wouldn't really see the fire, you know. And so we are hiding, we are hiding. But the peyote ceremony is amongst us. Now you have sicknesses that are coming. You have tuberculosis in those times was was rampant. You know, a lot of issues of, of health, uh, similar concerns like COVID. You know, we have an invisible sickness that is amongst us. 
this peyote medicine was amongst us and it was being utilized as a doctoring mechanism to help our people, you know, help our people, not only mentally, mental health, spiritual health, but also physical health as well, you know. And so we have this, this history of suppression, of religious suppression, outlawing any gathering. And in 1978, the American Indian Religious Freedom Act comes into play. But that did not include our medicine peyote. It didn't include that. Hmm. So we were freely free to gather in a, a in a way, but our ceremonies weren't allowed to happen either. And so what kicked off this 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 federal movement was the 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 Oregon case, um, the Oregon case of um, slipping my mind at, at the moment. Um, but there was a case out there, you know, uh, the Smith case, Smith mm-hmm. versus Oregon. And that started an issue because now you have a counselor, a certified counselor that is using Native American church as his uh, way of practice, spiritual practice, but yet being uh, being penalized for u- utilizing what is deemed a a drug, peyote classified as a drug right. because of mescaline. And so now this kicks off and sparks a whole new new uh, movement and now this movement turns into the amendments of the american indian freedom religious act which is specifically to protect peyote uh, for members of the federally recognized tribe and not all tribes are, are federally recognized and that's also another western concept you know we are subject to the laws of this land and sometimes the laws of this land are not you know beneficial to everybody right. so it's been a battle since day one to protect our medicine. And grandmas and grandpas have been jailed for utilizing this medicine peyote. They have been jailed for even practicing our way of life. Now, when you come and understand that history, you can understand a little bit of why, why don't we want our peyote in this decriminalization movement? Because it's biocultural. And I'm talking just strictly the United States. This peyote also is connected to the Mexican tribes, Wirikuta, the Huichola tribes, the Rivadica tribes, and uh, numerous other tribes that have been using this medicine for 10,000 plus years. Yes. And so I've been there. I've been praying with them in Wirikuta. I have been involved with them in light of our unity prayer of preservation of our sacred land and our sacred medicine. So the movement failed, the decrim movement failed to inquire about this biocultural cacti. Um, and so we, we, we shared our voice and our concerns. Mm. So now different, different decrim movements, and it's, it's, it's spreading all across the United States. Um, it is good. It is also concerning because my concern is the biocultural plants involved in this movement. Has there been prior consent? Has there been uh, a roundtable of discussion of what the impacts of decrim mean? So now you have a a movement um, of some natives, some native lineage, and non-native folks. Uh, wanting to 
decriminalize nature for the benefit of healing. Um, awareness, being aware of, of what is actually happening, what has happened and what is actually happening. Respect, yeah. mm -hmm. love. Yeah. You know, we, we, we say we're doing this in the name of, of love. <clears throat> love comes love comes with responsibility. Yes. You know, and so here we are right now. Here we are right now, you know, trying to understand, you know, what this all means now. You know, my point in this is to really spread awareness about who we are, because just like everybody else, we want to exist. We want our grandchildren to be, you know, looked after. Um, the indigenous perspective is generational uh, view, worldview, generational worldview. So my grandparents thought about me. They thought about me from way back when, and, and, and that is the way grandparents think. What is my grandchild going to do? Seven hills, four hills over there. Mm. In the same way, we have to be that way. That is the generational responsibility in our indigenous perspective. So standing up for what's right, you know, in the name of, in the name of uh, preservation, you know. Right. Yes, I, I really, really appreciate what you're what you're offering and what you're saying, and the violence of, you know, sort of this constructed time and 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 this. Um, we need it now. We need it yesterday. You know, people say they're, you know, especially now because of the internet, you know, people's attention spans are, are, are seconds, milliseconds, you know, um, and, and how violent that is and how it doesn't allow for the process of healing that needs to take place. Um, and that certain things can, can, can take place over time to actually happen. If I plant a tree, if I plant a seed outside, I can be sure it'll grow into a tree if it gets water and sunlight and, and uh, nourishment, uh, but I can't force it to grow uh, faster than it is going to grow. Um, Maybe a little tweak here or there, right? A little more sun or a little more rain or something like that. But generally speaking, it's going to take five, 10, 20 years, you know, uh, for uh, this, you know, little seedling to grow into a big pine tree. And uh, in much the same way, I just don't think that we have in this culture uh, invited or celebrated in uh, a respect for those kinds of um, repetitive, deliberate, intentional, sacred uh, practices and worldviews. And I think what you're saying, what I hear you saying is, is that's borne out um, here also insofar as that you have a, a connection to your, to your historical lineage and to your future lineage uh, that is in some ways invisible to the naked eye if you will, uh, it, you know, for, for a lot of current, you know, sort of Westerners, but at the same time is very much alive in you and very much a part of the way in which you and your culture uh, think and, and view the world. It, it's just not viewed in, a, in any different kind of a way uh, so that all my relations are connected through space time, um, multi-dimension, in a multi-dimensional kind of way. And as far as the peyote is concerned, what I hear you saying is, is that in this idea of sort of, you know, getting things quicker, you know, in this decriminalization movement, we may lose that sense of respect that in an effort to sort of offer this quote unquote healing medicine to all without it being handled properly within the right time frames, by the right people without the right, you know, lineage. Um, even though on the one hand, there may be this sort of overstated intention to help support 
people's healing that it's actually causing harm on the other hand and doesn't preserve or may not preserve uh, the very necessary biocultural elements that go into it even being available and that it could be destroyed if not handled properly. Is that kind of what you're saying or some of what yeah, you're saying? Exactly. And in this, in this movement, you know, in this movement, um, people say things, I'm doing this out of love. I'm doing this uh, um, for God. I'm doing this for this. But in reality, there are some political maneuvers that are happening. You know, um, let me, let me as a non-native organization, let me get a few board members on my board so I can justify anything that I do in an indigenous context. Let me do that. You know, these maneuvers have been happening since the beginning. The government, the government says, um, well, you're not a recognized chief, but let's make you a chief and you could be the signer of this treaty so that we can say that we got your signature or we got your thumbprint or your X. Same thing, you know, so being mindful of somebody saying, you know, we're doing this in the name of God. We're doing this in the name of love. Really have to pause a little bit and say, what am I doing and how is it impacting my communities and and when I say communities, that means the people that are associated with with that plant. Why are you doing that? So the prayer, generational prayer, my grandparents prayed that somewhere in the future we would be free to pray. That happened. That happened. If they were praying somewhere in there that we would be free to utilize our peyote medicine, that happened. That happened. Uh, public law 103344, the amendments of the American Indian Religious Freedom Act. So now our future of our medicine, you know, when you're a grandparent, you look at your child and your, your, your grandchild and say, well, what is my grandchild going to do? Because grandchildren mean way much more. They're, they're, now you've been through the cycle of raising a child. Now you get a second chance to see your grandchild and it's, elevated all your feelings are elevated almost three times and the importance of grandchildren become the pinnacle of what you do what am i going to leave them mm. so the prayer the action in the prayer is the indigenous peyote conservation initiative that is the action in the prayer we can pray about all we want to do but there has to be action in our prayer we have to meet our creator we have to work towards that prayer. And IPCI, I firmly believe, is that action in that prayer. Why? Because the Indigenous Peyote Conservation Initiative has allowed reconnection, regeneration, conservation of our peyote medicine. We have been operating since 2017, and we have connected children to the land. We have seen children, we have taught children about the medicine, we have shown them the spiritual harvest because today, in the past, in the past, in the spiritual harvest of medicine, there was an, an elder lady, her name was Amada Cardenas in Texas. She was a peyote distributor and she allowed tribes to go to the land, make a spiritual offering and collect medicine. And money was not the main focal point. It was the spiritual harvest. 
because everything is about the transfer of energy. Energy is moving. Energy exists in all things, positive and negative energy exists. And when we generate this prayer through positive energy, we are creating this aura, the spiritual aura of energy. And we are, we are projecting that energy upon our medicine, our medicine, and we are asking it something to help us with. That has been missing yes. because of policy, because of the Controlled Substance Act, because Texas being privately, private property, you know, um, it's been, and because Grandma Amada Carnitas has journeyed on, nobody has taken her place. So IPCI is the answer to that prayer. It allows tribes to go over there freely. We only have 605 acres. We plan to expand more. But when I think of IPCI, I think of our children. You wouldn't hinder a child, would you? Well, some people would, definitely. Look at our boarding school era. But we are not supposed to hinder a child. A child is our child is everything. It is the future. It is a responsibility. It is a blessing from the stars come to the earth to teach you something. If you want to learn, no, nobody wants to learn. Right. They, they want they want to think that they know something, but this child is here to teach you something. Yeah. So our children are are so special. We bring them upon the sacred peyote land with IPCI. We have seen their little footprints go upon this 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 land of peyote. We have taught them about the growth cycle of peyote, the stem, the crown, the ribs. Eight to ten years for a mature medicine. What is a mature medicine? eight ribs to 13 ribs. Why are they harvesting the little ones for money? They don't allow them to grow. We talk to them just like we talk to the water. We pray with the water. The water hears us. It forms its molecules to what we're saying. The same thing with the medicine. It's that way. We have to wake up because COVID taught us something. There's an invisible force that is amongst us. Be mindful of what you are doing. IPCI is mindful in that sense that we want to reconnect because Mother Earth is therapeutic. Yes. 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 All to that. Yes, to all of that. And the level of dominance, I think, that uh, humans, Western humans, have been exerting over uh, Mother Earth is beginning to run its course as we see with um, global climate, you know, change and, and warming and, and the pandemic and uh, things that are beginning to, you know, come closer to home. I think, you know, there's only so many people who are going to be able to build bunkers or rocket ships to Mars and, you know, these kinds of things, you know, and, and uh, private islands that have livestock and cattle or, you know, 500 acres in Montana that uh, they're going to, you know, sort of cordon off and, and have specially bred livestock or something. And, and, and sure that's, that's happening and, and that, you know, will continue to happen. And I don't have anything to say about that except for to name that and to know that, you know, a lot of us say, uh, you know, we don't know if people will survive, but somehow nature, you know, somehow uh, creation will continue uh, surviving. Um, and that it's our, our task to live in harmony with it, uh, you know, in, in a way that is more respectful. And what I really hear you saying, which is so beautiful, is that because the cosmology 
of your people is such that we are connected to the water. We are the water. We are the land. We are the plant. That the plant is us. That we are in relation to all things at all times. That uh, that mindfulness to you know this this whole podcast is rooted on a uh, a platform that that is a nod to being mindful, to being spiritual, to feeling connected to what in some spiritual circles we would call non-duality, not two, not separate. It's the same philosophy said in a different way, but it's also, I think, sometimes misinterpreted in a way that can cause a spiritual bypassing to a sense of a false sense of uh, a false sense of connection uh, for sort of this uh, idea of uh, preserving what we would call the body of fear or the small sense of self whereas the indigenous view the 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 rooted natural um, you know biocultural cosmology that you're coming from is the panoramic view in a Dzogchen tradition or in another kind of mindfulness tradition uh, Buddhist tradition we would call it you know sort of um, uh, a Mahamudra, this sort of oneness, the essential self, the nature of everything, that you are that, that thou are that, if we're going back to these sort of more um, medieval philosophers even. This is sort of part of, I think, uh, very much the human journey. And yet, when it comes down to uh, the granular level, this exploitive, exploitative sort of, I need it today, you know, it's like bariatric surgery. It works to lose weight for a little while, but you also need to change your diet if you're going to keep the weight off. You can't go, you know, and, and 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 we can't just keep doing that in life. And I think we, in our Western culture, um, because there's money to be made in the short term, in the short term around that, and then hoarded and extracted and labor exploited and people, uh, you know, fashioned into being disposable and and or into being you know, soldiers of, of a certain ideology or philosophy, um, that, that we lose sight of, of what's happening. So my concern is that this movement for, um, peyote to be, to not be preserved in the way that you're describing that the grandchildren are visiting the land, that you're introducing them, that you're beginning to inter- have a relationship with uh, the, the children and the plants is so beautiful and that there is no other context from which one could be offered the medicine than from that context. And, and, and if it is just going to be sort of plucked out, as you say, you called it politics, I call it capitalism, you know, you're sort of, you know, by putting in certain people on the board and whatnot, I think you're sort of, the intention there is to get people to be yes men to kind of go along with whatever, you know, the program is that would expedite uh, the harvesting of, of these, um, you know, sacred medicines. And that that's not a way that's ever going to be, bring sustainable happiness, even if it brings, you know, sort of one good trip, if that's what you want to call it, uh, or therapeutic session, if that's what you want to call it, um, to someone that it can't really be decontextualized from the biocultural, uh, elements because that is part of it and, um, and how to preserve that and respect that. Yeah. Our, our, uh, organization IPCI is germinating. Um, we will be germinating peyote seeds, uh, germination chamber to um, grow peyote on our land and to help in, in, an, in an attempt to help restore uh, some of the population um, and to nurture that population in that way to just as we nurture our children to be able to do that you know um, so IPCI is doing that and along with some of our allies uh, we've created a indigenous medicine conservation fund and that's that's a bigger fund that um, will include ayahuasca, peyote, and um, 
psilocybin, other plant medicines, but uh, that fund is to generate revenue to help those tribal communities directly. Um, no, no middle person in it. So we are being proactive in preserving um, our medicines and our cultures uh, that are connected with those plants. So uh, the Indigenous Medicine Conservation Fund and the Indigenous Peyote Conservation Initiative, uh, two different um, fundings, two different, or, uh, that is a fund, this is an organization. Um, so, you know, being proactive in it, you know, I think that, you know, this whole concept of, of you know, mitakwe oyase is all my relations, you know, as Lakota put it, and we are all connected to everything in this life. And so we share a little bit to enhance our thinking because um, we have to um, enhance our own healing um, to, to tend with these times that we're in right now. We really have to, you know, be aware of our surroundings and our energy. And I say that because um, three years ago, three years ago, I nearly lost my life. And I was, I took two bullets to the back of my head and three to my arm from an AR-15 Wow! Uh, in, in a random act of violence. And that was a spiritual calling because I don't know why, I don't know why um, the bullets didn't just um, disintegrate my head, um, but I'm here. And in that, there was a spiritual, a spiritual um, experience. It was a spiritual experience. And I have come away from that to really be a little bit more attentive and aware of what it is that I'm doing. Because a lot of people carry a lot of um, a hurts, a lot of hurt, and they are aware of those hurts. And you can, you can feel that hurt in their energy and their presentation. And, and, and the world needs healing, no doubt. But to really be aware of self-awareness and try to help yourself in your own healing, because we have to want to heal. We have to want to heal. Um, and, and if we think that we're not, um, if, we, if we think we don't need healing, we're fooling ourselves because somewhere in our generation, we need some type of healing from something. You know, we've all been affected by some type of trauma, maybe not directly, but indirectly. Yes. Because energy affects energy. We are all a circle within a lot of big circles. And so somewhere in there, you know, uh, we've affected each other. So being aware of yourself, and, and that's what I've, I've tell myself because of that experience, you know, and it, it, it flows over to what we are doing and the work that we're doing because, because of the energy transfer, because of the, the sacred spiritual harvest of the medicine, you have to talk to the medicine. And that includes every medicine that is harvested. There is a medicine person that does that. There's a vibration in nature. There's a vibration in nature that nature tends to. And, and even in the, the positive and negative in nature, there's a vibration in there. There is a sound in it. And so different medicine people vibrate. They sing a song. There are certain songs that resonate in nature, vibrate. And they talk to the medicines and the medicines hear they vibrate and they, they adhere to what, what it is that you're requesting. So being mindful of that, we really have to get back to that, you know, uh, what we're doing in our spiritual harvest of our medicines. So, you know, I wanted to share that. Yes. 
Yes, I really, really appreciate that. And um, there was a movie that I watched recently. Uh, it was a documentary, and uh, I forget what it's called now. I think it was called something about awareness, and it featured um, a variety of different scientists. Uh, one and 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 also plant medicine um, stewards, you know, uh, shamanas uh, that were handling sort of the, the 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 plants and and the way in which she was with the plants and talking with the plants and noticing these things that a human who didn't have that kind of relationship with them that wasn't cultivated, you know, wouldn't notice, but how they were leaning and what that meant and what it meant when they were growing in this direction or how they were sort of, uh, sort of leaning toward one another in a particular way. And, 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 um, in any case, it was, it was beautiful because it really, emphasizes some of the things that, you know, here and there, Western medicine or Western science or culture, they'll, they'll pull little pieces out. They'll say, you know, play music to your baby in the belly, or, or, or they'll say, talk to your plants when you're home, uh, because, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll like you, you know, they'll, they'll grow more. But really it's what it's saying is I think some of what I'm a trauma therapist and a lot of what we talk about and learn about is the nervous system and the limbic system, sort of the imagination, the memory and the right brain and things like that. And, um, you know, we're mammals as human beings. We're really just big, bi you know, bipedal mammals. And um, we've come from somewhere. We have a lineage. And our nervous system knows, and it's connected to this other system, like the tree's root systems and things like that. Our nervous system knows when it feels more safe and connected and when it feels like it needs to push away. And to respect that other beings, all my relations, all beings, in a mindfulness meditation, we do something called a, a metta meditation, a loving kindness meditation. May all beings be safe. May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings live with joy and with ease of heart. Now, the words can be interchangeable a little bit, but what is that inviting and, and, and how is how I'm saying that also part of the cultivation of what you're talking about in terms of this field of energy? in terms of the relationship that these, um, you know, healers, these medicinal men and women have in relationship to the plants and to the ways in which that relationship creates a particular kind of field and energy that then can emanate forth. And that you can't just sort of pluck in and pluck out of that um, and extract certain things. And so the whole piece has to be respected and at a certain level understood and that our own individual healing, when I talk about my abusive father or process that in a particular way or the difficulties I've had with my family or whatever it is that I've experienced in life that's been difficult for me. When I'm able to do that inside, I'm able to be more open to receiving, I think, some of what you're talking about from these respected sacred sources in a different way. But to just go to those sources and expect those sources to be my answer, I don't know how much of that lasts. Yeah, exactly. And the same in the same context of mescaline that has uh, that is being synthesized in in a lab, you know, a psychoactive substance uh, of peyote, uh, one of the fifty plus alkaloids. But um, you know that 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 came to our table too. Um, but we said that um, mescaline has been studied and uh, discovered in the late eighteen hundreds and 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 researched in the nineteen eighteens. Um, around that time period. So it, it can be synthesized in the lab without uh, being uh, affecting the, the actual natural habitat. And so yet mescaline is a part of peyote 
we said at a roundtable of discussions that we really have no control over mescaline itself, but but in a therapeutic context, indigenous people utilize the medicines and the elements in, in and community as part of the ceremony because it, it incorporates everything. You, on the other hand, want to extract the heart of the medicine, put it in a pill and say, take two of these and call me in the morning. Right. You know, and so it's a different concept. However, you know, we we don't uh, consent to that, but we have no control over it. Uh, with IPCI, we've stated that we've looked at different avenues of that, you know, but uh, that again is another Western concept of really wanting to take, you know, what they want, you know, and utilize it how they want. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that. And, and I guess the, um, you know, it brings me back to when you were speaking about the ghost dance being outlawed and, you know, that um, and the idea that so much of what some of the leading trauma practitioners uh, have talked about as being healing are uh, very much yogic practices or, you know, physical sort of, you know, in the Western sort of mindfulness world, the kind of Tai Chi or, you know, the the martial arts, these, and, and they're no different. And, and, and this idea of like, dancing, you know, this idea of singing, this idea of celebrating, this idea of grieving and mourning. We don't allow for these things to happen in Western culture. Someone dies in your family, you have two days off from work, and then you're expected to come back and perform. And so these things are not, it's part of a larger way of being that I just don't think is sustainable for the human race. And the question is, do we want to come back into this sort of other way of earth being, I don't really know how to explain it, um, in a way that is more balanced um, and, and, and not so much uh, immediate, but, but that has the sustainable healing over time. Yeah, that is the goal. That is the objective is balance and sustainability, you know, internally and externally, you know, within ourselves and within community. And within our plants, you know, so well, I the common the common the common objective and goal, you know, seeking that balance. Right. Well, uh, Sandor, I so appreciate our conversation today. I know we're we're getting to wind down, and I really want to um, just express my deep gratitude for you taking the time to be able to sit with me and with us and our audience here today and and share your wisdom and and i really hope people can hear what you have to offer and as a reminder to to folks um if you have any other parting words um can you just also please share whatever the websites they might be able to go to with any of the organizations uh, or any ways that people could perhaps donate funds to any of the organizations that might need some financial support or or is that something that you know doesn't exist you can tell me yeah, we do have a website. It's www.ipci.life. Um, they can make a donation there if they choose to or learn about our project. You know, it's info at ipci.life too um, if they want to inquire about the Indigenous Medicine Conservation Fund um, along with our allies and teams that we want to uh, benefit the, the communities directly. You know, so I'm uh, just thankful to be here to share a little bit. You know, nice to meet your acquaintance and and your work of of healing. You know, I think the world needs more healing, and the more 
the more people like you, the better. You know, I think we all have that responsibility to share love and in a way that uh, is beneficial to all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel that from you and I appreciate the, the invitation to be here. Well, thank you so much, Sandor. And to everyone listening here on Rerooted, um, you know, may you all have a beautiful uh, 2022 and new year. And I wish you health and, um, and happiness, Sandor. Thank you so much. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.